I'm so happy that you're here. I believe that God knows what your needs are. He actually knows them better than you do. And he is able and willing and wanting to meet your every need. He's wanting to answer your questions. He's wanting to help you in life. And he's going to provide the help today through his anointed word. Praise God. Now, we're going to begin by receiving the holy tithes and offerings, which is an act of worship. Let's honor the Lord today with an area of our life that's very important in the eyes of God. And we're going to, uh, of course, that would be the area of finances. And we're going to honor the Lord by bringing the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God. Here's a wonderful verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know, now, of course, the church in Corinth would know this very well because Paul taught them. And so he has explained this to them and he's bringing it back up again. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, sometimes when we think of grace, though, we only keep it in one category grace for the. Uh, Forgiveness of sins, God's grace, saved by grace through faith. Praise God. Oh, we love it. The grace of God is so amazing that you really could study it every day for the rest of your life and constantly be amazed by it every single day. It really is that amazing. But when you think about the grace of God, don't just limit it to perhaps forgiveness of sins. God extending grace and mercy and forgiveness, but also understand that there's grace for your finances because in context, chapter eight and chapter nine all have to do with the context of the financial dealings of the church, the receiving of an offering, a, a, a special offering, the, the grace to give, so when we're talking about grace in context here, this is contextually speaking, which we need to be accurate with. This is talking about the grace of giving for finances and God's ability to bless through that. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Wow. Well, Pastor Stephen, when did this take place? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. This actually took place at Calvary while he was hanging on that cross. You need to see the grace of God in a full spectrum, as being a full package, as being a full loaf of bread, not maybe just a half loaf and, you know, grace to be saved and grace to make heaven. And we'll just tough it out somehow down here on earth while we uh, grind through this life. No, no. Full redemption, full grace for forgiveness of sins, for your body, divine healing. Oh, yes, it's all in the package. And even for your finances, that you can go from a place of being impoverished to a place of financial strength and blessing because of what happened for you at Calvary praise God. And as you begin to come into the understanding of God's kingdom, his method of operating seed time and harvest working his system, 
understanding his laws and his precepts, following them. God, God begins to lift you up. Praise God begins to lift you up and you are now entitled to prosperity. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've, I've been raised in India in a uh, uh, in a caste system. I know that legally it's been abolished, but I'm still uh, what they consider the bottom of the totem pole, worthless, eternally locked into a subservient type system. That's all I can ever hope for. No, not if you're in Christ. Not if you're in Christ. See, Jesus has redeemed you from every curse that was legally ushered into the earth through sin. And when you come into Christ, you find full redemption from sin, sickness, disease. Ah, what's another product of the curse? What's another product of the sin of man? Poverty, never having enough, grinding out a living by the sweat of your brow, never having extra. You know, just living paycheck to paycheck. In Christ, you're redeemed from that. Well, Pastor Stephen, when did this happen? At Calvary. When he laid down his life for you and poured out his blood for you. And you putting your faith and trust in him. Not only gives you eternal life, forgiveness of sins. But it gives you so much more, my friends, where you can live in a position of victory. Not be defeated. And the church in Corinth understood this. And Paul is bringing this teaching up as he is sharing with them the need to sow seed and be involved in the kingdom dynamics of not just sowing, but also eventually reaping. Praise the Lord. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you, as a regular listener, as an online church member, as a ministry partner, perhaps just as a friend, who likes watching these messages because you are, you're extracting spiritual nourishment out of them. I pray that you know this grace also. The grace to forgive sins, yes, but the grace to take you from a place of impoverishment. Well, maybe you're not homeless. Maybe you're not on food stamps, but, but at the same time, you're not where you want to be financially. And you're not, you're not in the place where, as Paul says here, that you might become rich. What does the word rich means? It means to have a full supply. And if you don't have a full supply, then there is a part of God's grace that you're not tapping into, but that can change today. That can change today. And I pray that as you bring the tithe and as you bring offerings into the storehouse of God, that you really begin to know God's grace in your area of finances. Oh, not that you deserve it. Because if we got what we deserved, we would all die in our sins and go to hell. That's why we love the message of grace. God's redemption for those who put their faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. Mm, praise the Lord. But God's grace in your finances, God's grace to help you get out of debt, to get your finances in order. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God with disciplined spending habits. Glory to God with a heart for God's kingdom, the ability to give, with greed rooted out by the love of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I believe that God is going to make you a kingdom financier. 
Praise God. Yes, you're blessed for you're in a place where you are rich and God has made you rich. You are empowered to be a, a financier of God's kingdom and you do it in humility. No, no minister, no minister ever wants a church member or ministry partner to dangle money out in front of them like it's a carrot. All right, now, Mr. Preacher, if you, if you treat me right, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours and I'll give you a carrot. Here's the carrot. Do you want the carrot? No, keep the carrot. Uh, we don't jump through hoops. Praise God. If your heart's not in it, don't give. And you'll find out that we keep on ticking and we do quite well. <laughs> because God is our source. Yes, he works through people, but he works through people that have good hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know that I'm speaking to so many of you that you, you give because you love the Lord and you love this ministry. Hallelujah. And come hell or high water, you will never be shaken. You will always, you will always have green leaves. Why? Because the roots of your tree are tied into the river of God and God is your source. Praise the Lord. Yes. Shout. Amen. Sure feels good knowing that God is not your source. I know that you could look at it from a natural perspective and you could say, well, my job is my source. My boss is my source. No, those are just instruments that God works through. You and I both know that God is the one who is supplying the flow. Praise God. That is the grace of God. That is the grace of God that God can bless you through a worldly company. And maybe your boss is not even saved, but yet God is blessing you through that, that, that stream. Maybe when you went to apply for the job, the person working in human resources who is going through the job applications likes yours, favors you, and that person's not even a believer. Maybe they gave you the job and then went out and got drunk. Praise God. That's the grace of God. And the grace of God is beautiful. Praise the Lord. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not implying that you should take a job at a company that would be dishonest or be, be immoral. After all, the Apostle Paul said, work a good job with your hands. He didn't say go work a bad job. He didn't say just accept anything that gives you money. No, he said work a good job. Praise the Lord. But God can, God can work through many different af- avenues. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. And God can work through people that don't even know him to be a blessing to you. But we know that God's the source. Grace comes from God. As you give today, expect the grace of God to be revealed in your finances. Not that you deserve it on your own merit, but rather because you are in Christ. God looks at you as being in Christ. Ah, automatic favor. Yes. Unmerited favor, undeserved favor. Yes. On your finances and on your life. It makes you smile, doesn't it? That's why you're smiling right now. Praise the Lord. Please lift your hands and say, Lord, let me see your grace in my finances this week. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. 
we give you praise. Father, as your people are bringing in the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse, bless them with expressions, strong expressions of your grace in their finances. Demonstrate your love, your grace to them in their finances. We thank you for this. It shall be seen. In Jesus' name, we all today say amen. Praise God. Those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456. Again, that's P.O. Box 3456. Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28117. If you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so as well. Please go online to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap. It's there. It's very convenient, very easy, and you can bring them in right now. The grace of God coming to you this week and therefore thereafter in your finances. Praise the Lord. You're going to discover this grace more and more. Praise God. Amen. You are blessed. Praise God. Today, Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 10. I want to talk about the pure oil of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. This is something that for the New Covenant believer, the New Testament child of God, it's, it's so important that I think at least four times out of the year, we need to talk about the anointing of the Spirit, the oil of the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit in your life, because it can be hindered. It can also be increased. That's the good news, but it can get clogged up. Uh, and so we need to talk about the pure oil of the Spirit and the flow of the Spirit. All right, so we'll be in Isaiah 10, verse 27. Heavenly Father, we ask in prayer that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit the great illuminator of scripture, the great illuminator and revealer of your word and your intent that he do his wonderful work today, that the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding, see it and we can take it and make any adjustments that need to be made and just work your word. Thank you, father in Jesus name and all around the world. We say today, amen. Praise God. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass. Right where you're sitting, just say, yes, it will. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden, whose burden? Well, if we want to be historical uh, and we want to look at this contextually, we understand that this is dealing with the Assyrian captivity, particularly that of the northern ten tribes. Judah hauled off, uh, of course, the southern tribe, the larger tribe, hauled off into Babylonian captivity. And the ten tribes hauled off primarily into Assyrian captivity. And the Assyrians were brutal. Woo! Uh, not, not good at all. And Nineveh being their capital, and they were very, very ruthless and showed very, very little mercy to the nation of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden, the Assyrian burden, we can look at it from a New Testament perspective as the enemy's burden. Anything of Satan that would burden you, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke 
from your neck. Well, here's the thing. The burden on your shoulder, if you get the burden off and the burden weighing you down and stooping you over, robbing you of your dignity, robbing you of your strength, robbing you of your confidence, even if you remove the burden and you can stand up straight, what it, uh, that's not going to do too much if you still have a yoke around your neck. Because if the enemy has a yoke on you, and, and you know, when I'm talking about a yoke, I'm not talking about an egg yoke, okay? We're talking about um, what would be referred to as that worn by the oxen. Uh, an ox having a, a yoke around his neck. You know, you team them up two by two. But you know, you can't control your own life when you're yoked up to the devil. And he has literally enslaved you and something that you cannot break out of, but God can break you out. Praise God. Shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. Well, the first thing that the spirit of God would do is get the burden off your shoulder, give you some breathing room. And the next thing he's going to do is he's going to go to work on that yoke. Who, how, how does God do it? And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Well, the word here, anointing oil, in the, in the Hebrew, is literally fatness, fatness. This is because when these beasts of burden and oxen would begin to work, it's a little bit like you and me from the perspective that if you go outside, and let's say you're going to go jogging on a cold day, and you just start off real slow because your muscles aren't warmed up. But after maybe 10 minutes, you start to warm up. Now the blood's flowing. Everything begins to, uh, muscles begin to get warm. Everything's working. Now you kind of feel fluid. You feel, you feel lubricated. Well, the same way with an oxen, you know, the, the farmer can put that yoke on both of those oxen. It's early in the morning, but it's time to start plowing. Well, you know, when they first start working, they're not really warmed up yet. And actually there is room for expansion in a yoke because what happens when the ox begins to get hot and he's pulling and pulling those muscles in his neck begin to get warmed up. Blood starts flowing through them and the neck when it's cold is not that big, but with the neck where the yoke is at, when the neck gets hot, Watch out, the muscles are getting bigger. They're they're expanding and they're contracting and expanding. And what happens also is these animals, they have glands uh, deep within the muscles. And as they get hot, they begin to excrete oil. And so the oil, you know, kind of lubricates, but the oil is also coming out. The muscles are getting bigger and what many farmer found out many a time that even though there can be some uh, a little bit of play in that yoke that animal's neck can expand so much with fatness that the yoke breaks and what's interesting when it says the yoke will be destroyed it doesn't just say the yoke will break it will be destroyed that actually means to be ground the word in the the word in hebrew for destroyed means to be ground into fine dust and blown away. So it's not like the farmer says, well, you broke it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go over here and, and, and repair it. And I'm going to put it right back on you. 
It doesn't work like that with the Holy Spirit. There is the removing of the burden. And much of that can be done through prayer. The, the yoke may still be there, but you, you already know God's working. God's working. The Holy Spirit can come in with that oil, fatness, and oil. And remember, oil is, is a symbol in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit and His work, His ministry. And the Holy Spirit comes in and just shatters the yoke and destroys it so dramatically that the devil, the, the, the devil just can't put it back together again. <laughs> Oh, the oil. That's why you need to stay anointed. So the enemy can't clamp you down. He can't get you tangled up into something that would hinder you from pulling and working and running with the Lord. Glory to God. So this is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to have you in freedom, ongoing freedom, glory to God, going about living the way God wants you to live, being free. Can you say yes today? And it's very important that you, of course, your own life, that there be an anointing of the Holy Spirit, an anointing representative also of strength. You see these animals, these beasts of burden, the strength that's demonstrated, the flow of the oil, fatness destroying the yoke. You just get too fat in God. Glory to God, that oil, that secretion of the Holy Spirit glory to God. You get stronger and stronger. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, today. Now, go with me to Acts chapter 10. Let's go over to Acts chapter 10. Take a look at this. Isn't it amazing what can happen when you're flowing in the pure oil of the Spirit? And, of course, that's what happened to the people of God, the children of God, who were under the Assyrian captivity. Eventually, they broke free. They broke free. Thank God. Strength, the strength of God. I mean, to break free from an enemy like that, that's going to take supernatural empowerment. Glory to the Lord. But many of them that were taken away captive came back. And not only came back, even came back empowered with the blessing. And so you can go free. They went free. We see natural parallels to that. You can go free. There are spiritual parallels to that as well. The oil, though, must be flowing. It's very, very important for a New Testament believer to be anointed of the Spirit. Not 10 years ago. Not even two months ago. You need to be in the anointing of the Holy Spirit now. Keep the oil flowing. Keep the oil pure and clean. Praise God. You know, we all need mountaintop experiences. I know in Matthew chapter 17 that when Jesus went up on the mountain, he took Peter, James, and John. They had a wonderful time. And of course, they eventually had to come down off the mountain. When they come down off the mountain, they're at the base of the mountain. There's a whole group waiting for Jesus. That's why you can't stay up there all the time. Why? Because people need, they need, they need help. But here's the thing. You still need mountaintop experiences. You need times where you get refreshed. You need time where you draw near and you respond to the Spirit's call. After all, Isaiah 55, call upon the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found. 
Well, Pastor Stephen, what, what does that mean? Can't you just find the Lord anytime? Can't you just seek him anytime? Well, yes, of course you can. But what a lot of people don't understand is that when the Holy Spirit is giving you an open door to seek, it's a whole lot easier to seek and find when there is a grace and there is a flow of the Holy Spirit to respond. If you go when the Holy Spirit says, seek now, it's easy. But when you go on your own, you might feel like you're walking uphill. I'm not saying that you can't break through. I'm not saying you can't find God. I'm just saying there is grace. There is anointing. And when you seek, when the Holy Spirit says, seek now, the doors open, you go through the open door and you, but if you just like, well, Lord, I've got stuff going on. Can't you see, Lord, I'm watching TV. I'll seek you after the TV show is over. Well, you might try to seek the Lord after the TV show is over and it's just dead. No anointing, no grace. And you could try to pray and uh, do, do the same, th- you know, but it's just, you know, it's no life in it, at least not much. But if you go in the spirit, is flowing the pure oil wow i mean there's no telling what might happen you might you might go into a vision you might see heaven you might be caught up you you might have these enoch type experiences seek the lord while he may be found praise the lord pure flow and you, you could only stay in that when you're constantly yielded Oh, glory to the Lord. It's really hard to serve the Lord if you're a stubborn person. <laughs> Not that you can't go to heaven, but while if, if you want to enter into destiny and doing the things that God has on his agenda for you to accomplish, which are wonderful, you're going to have to work with the Holy Spirit. Really, when you look at Israel and you see examples of backsliding, backsliding would be when the donkey would actually sit down and refuse to move. And so they're trying to, you know, pull the donkey and the donkey's being stubborn for whatever reason, you know, and that donkeys can be like that. And you can get one guy, two guys put a rope around him and try to pull him. And that's called backsliding. Why? Because he's being stubborn. You're actually pulling so hard. You're causing him to slide on his back. That's what it means. That's what it means. It doesn't necessarily mean that you go back in the full-blown sin, although it could, it could mean that. But it's really it's just being stubborn. You know that you're not flowing with the Spirit. You know that you're not really yielding to the Holy Spirit. You're not really, uh, you know, you're, you're being stubborn. You're being stubborn. Well, you can be stubborn and go to heaven, but you can't be stubborn and flow with the Spirit of God. Mm. Woo. God works on his terms. You'll find that out that if you want to, if you want to run with him, you, you go with his terms. Praise the Lord. By the way, when you yield, you'll find out you love his terms. <laughs> you won't, you won't complain. You'll be like, what in the world was I doing? Backsliding previously missing out. Cause you realize you're missing out on what real living really is. Acts 10 Verse 34, this is when Peter is at the house of Cornelius, and he has, he has responded to the invitation to come and minister to he and his family, his household, including his servants. And Peter is there at the house of a Gentile. They're all Gentiles, actually. He's ministering to them as a Jew, as an apostle, as a man carrying the word of the Lord 
And this is uh, the uh, conversation. Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel. Now, it's not just one word. It's not just one sentence. It's a message. But the core message that Jesus carried and walked in, if you want to know what it is, you can find out right here. Peter knows because Peter was around the preaching all the time. He was there with him all the time, heard the messages, some of them over and over and over. By the way, um, I've got a book. It's, it's, actually right behind me. I've got a book behind me that one preacher uh, in this book, it kind of talks about it, his core message. He preached this one sermon 3,000 times. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that must have been boring. No. I mean, he traveled a lot, but uh, he preached the same. Well, why would he preach it so many times? Because that's the message God anointed him to speak. And I cover a lot of topics. I cover a lot of material, but if you listen to me often, you'll find out really I'm speaking out of just a couple of core messages. And I just, I just changed the flavor a little bit, but there's a couple of core things that God has given me to preach. Okay. Faith, close walk with God that I just keep pushing that out in different types of flavors. Praise God. But really that's, that's who I am. That's what I'm called to preach. Now, if you want to see what Jesus was all about, Peter tells you what that word was that was distributed to the nation of Israel when Jesus had his earthly ministry. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Peace, right standing with God, right relationship with God through his son, Christ, Jesus, the anointed one. Now watch this preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all that word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached verse 38. Here it is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Well, we saw in Isaiah 10, 27, the power of the anointing, the oil, the fatness, what does it actually mean to anoint? It, it means to rub down and smear. I think maybe the closest understanding we could have to it because we don't really anoint today. Uh, you know, like on a daily basis, I, I think maybe the only time people anoint themselves would be with maybe shampoo in the shower. You anoint your head with shampoo uh, you, if you go out in the summertime and you don't want to get a sunburn, you anoint your face, your ears, uh, open areas, you anoint them with suntan lotion. So that's really what it means to anoint rub down and smear. Okay. Now it says that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed or rubbed down and smeared with the Holy spirit with the Holy spirit praise God. So now we move from symbols and types and shadows of the old Testament into the substance. This is the raw deal. Okay. This is it. (laughs) It is the Holy spirit. We don't have to look at symbols anymore of olive oil or oil coming out of an ox's neck or the many other symbols of the Holy spirit, such as wine, 
uh, uh, such as rain, all demonstrated throughout the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But we see him in his ministry now, very, very plainly, upon the man Jesus. The Holy Spirit was all over Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit comes, there's power. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Oh, praise God, who went about doing good and healing and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now you always have some, even in the body of Christ who don't understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And they actually think that God, the father puts sickness and disease on even his own people to teach them some kind of a, a lesson of punishment or something like that. Well, if the father puts sickness on his own people. What in the world is Jesus doing coming around taking sickness and disease off of the people? If that were the case, would Jesus not be in contradiction of the father's will? Well, yes, it would. But uh, God, the father, Jesus, the son, and the Holy Spirit, they're never in contradiction. They all work in harmony. And the word is always in harmony. If you want to know what the will of God is, just read the word because it expresses and reveals God's will and it, it's never contradictory. So healing is always God's will. Hallelujah. God's not trying to make you sick. Now the devil is. Oh, absolutely. That's why it says, it says all who were oppressed by the devil. And it, and it talks about sickness and disease in context of being, you know, satanic oppression demonic oppression praise the Lord and so there is anointing to take it off to remove it to be free can you say yes praise the Lord hallelujah my friends you need to walk in the anointing you need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in your respected career field you need to be able to pray that prayer you need to be able to function in your gifting and do it well without being distracted without having the enemy get in there and gum it all up the oil of the spirit the work of the spirit needs to flow freely and smoothly in your life so that you can say what you need to say when you need to say it and so that also because the oil is flowing you don't say anything when you're not supposed to say anything Woo! It's very, very easy. Without the Holy Spirit's help, it is very easy to say the wrong thing at the wrong moment. But I tell you what, when the Holy Spirit is governing your life and that oil is flowing and you're supposed to be silent, you, you, it just doesn't come out. Nothing comes out. You just stay quiet. You stay peaceful. And then when you, do, uh, are, when you are supposed to speak, you do speak. And it flows out. Woo. Like it says in the book of Proverbs, like apples framed in gold. Wow. Hallelujah. And your words are just pleasant. They're pleasant. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So my friends, I think we need to be, we need to be always filled up with the Holy Spirit so that the oil stays pure and that it flows very, very smoothly and I, look, I believe there's, there's a healing anointing in this. And I believe that when you stay filled 
and the oil is flowing. I even believe it affects your own health. I believe it affects your own health. Praise the Lord. And you're happy and you're walking with the Lord. Glory to God. You know, we're not exempt from the enemy's attacks. And in some ways, we're not exempt from aging. But you can still walk in divine health. You can live in the blessing of the Lord, where God's blessing is even in your body. Oh, yes. And the oil is flowing, and you're happy, and you're happy all the time. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God needs you to be healthy. God wants you to be healthy. God needs you to be healthy so that you can be busy doing the things that he's called you to do. Praise the Lord. Let his healing oil flow into your body now. Let his healing oil flow into your heart and into the understanding of your mind so that you can be clear on what God's will is for your life. Praise God. Look at this interesting verse in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, as we're talking about keeping the oil pure. We want the oil. We want the Holy Spirit flowing, flowing freely, liberally, fluently in our lives. Glory to God. Woo! You don't want to be a stopped up Christian, all, you know, sour, all um, bitter, you know, um, with your f- face like frozen in a, an expression of constant frustration. No, <laughs> you want to be happy in the Lord. Glory to God. I just see the Holy Spirit lubricating today. Many of God's people that need to get freed up. You need to be able to sing in the spirit. You need to be able to just lift your hands and have freedom and dance in the spirit. Glory to God. Yes. Praise the Lord. Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15. Catch us the foxes. Mm, How about that? The little foxes that spoil the vines for our vines have tender grapes. Well, foxes technically, as we know, don't eat grapes, but foxes do have a habit of chewing on things that they should not chew. And foxes can, uh, around vineyards, they can chew the vines. And of course, if you destroy the vine, you're going to destroy the fruit and destroyed vines mean destroyed grapes and you're not going to have any harvest as good as it could have been as rich as the potential could have been. If you don't deal with those little foxes, you're never going to have the harvest that you want. They could also dig holes in the ground right where the roots are at, tear up the roots. They don't care. They're just looking for a place to sleep, come up, chew the vines and go about their business. And it's just ruining the grape production that God wants in your life. So you have to, you have to deal with the foxes and you know, a fox is so, so cunning. I I like the foxes. I think they're sweet. I think they're cute. I like their big bushy tails. 
And as far as just being an animal, God created them. They're, they're lovely. They're wonderful. But you have to understand also the fox, just like the human and just, uh, just like us and everybody else, there is a fallen nature. And so there's a fallen nature of the fox is very, very crafty. And growing up on the farm, uh, my grandparents had a real problem with the foxes because they would, they were so smart of how they could get into that, uh, chicken coop and where the hens at the, the hen, the hens were at laying eggs, the hen house, and particularly also the fox and the possum. But the fox is more crafty than the possum. He, he can even do things such as lure chickens out. He get, it's almost like he could even hypnotize them, but he was very, very crafty, these foxes. And so, you know what? There's something about that cunning nature of the fox where if you're not careful, the enemy, like a fox in a sense, will say, you know, it's no big deal. This is just something small. You don't really need to get concerned uh, that much about it. Just, you know, it'll be okay. But if you don't deal with the little foxes in your life, you'll find out they can really wreak havoc. So I think we need to be people that take care of the oil because think about it like this. You, you have a fox. He's chewing on your vines all in your vineyard and he's ruining your harvest harvest of what? grapes. What did they do with the grapes? Well, because there was no refrigeration back in those days, they would have to preserve the grapes through a process of boiling the juice, reducing it down into a paste, and then preserving it from a longer perspective once they have it in the paste mode, carried around in, you know, animal skins and so forth. So, really to ruin the grapes is to ruin what they would call the wine because they would take that, that concentrate, that paste, mix it with water and they could bring it back into a drinkable solution. And that wine was a symbol of the Holy spirit. So if you're not going to deal with the little foxes, then you will limit the ability of the Holy spirit to work in your life. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I like my little fox. It's like a little pet, a little pet sin. Wow. That's why little pet sins can really be very, very difficult for some Christians because these little pet sins can be comfortable. Oh, it's a sin though. It's comfortable. Now the, the little fox has a bushy tail and his little bushy tail tickles your nose and you just love your pet. You love looking at your pet. Your pet brings comfort, especially in situations of stress. Whenever you feel stressed, that pet just can bring a, a carnal comfort. You can just dial out by enjoying your pet sin, your little fox. And Christians can have a lot of pet sins that they take care of. And you'd be surprised who's keeping a fox in their house and you don't even know it. And they're not about to tell you either. They don't want you to know that they have a fox that's in their vineyard. But my friends, this is what I need to tell you. If you ever want full, great production, you're going to have to get real and get rid of these little foxes. They will spoil your vines and the production is 
your potential destiny and you will never touch it. Even if you already know what it is, even if you've already had a glimpse of it, God's talked to you about it, you will never see it unless you get those foxes out of your vineyard, out of your life. Praise God. And they, they are very, very damaging, very damaging. You may think they're cute, but pet sin, even if it's a little pet sin, allowed to hang around for a month, for a year, for a week. Oh my, it'll never leave. It likes that you take care of it. It likes that you feed it. It likes that it allows you to, st- that you're allowing it to stay in your vineyard. Hmm. Wow. Praise the Lord. And the Holy Spirit cannot flow in your life the way he wants to flow. The oil is, it's, it's being diminished because of these foxes affecting what they're doing with the vines. All of this is hindering the flow of the oil of God's work, the Spirit's work in your life. Let us go to Ecclesiastes. Uh, uh, move back to the left. Just uh, This is the book, Right Next Door Neighbor. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1. Praise God. Praise God. Look, there needs to be not just flow. There needs to be a mighty flow of the Spirit in your life. Pure oil surging through your life so that you can do everything that God's called you to do. Get rid of the little foxes out of your vineyard. Praise the Lord. Verse 1, Pastor Stephen, it's not very big. I know, and the Holy Spirit knows, but it's, it's still small enough to literally destroy your intended destiny. It really is. You have to see it as being that important. I, I, I know it's cute and it's cuddly, but it's got to go. It's just got to go. And you need to tell it that I've harbored you long enough. You need to get out and you are getting out today. Praise God. Ecclesiastes 10 verse one. Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment. In other words, they make it stink dead flies. Uh, Pastor Stephen, what is a dead fly doing in the perfumer's ointment? Well, flies usually only show up when there is some type, and of course there could be many types, but some type of decaying organic matter has been left out. I, I don't know, maybe the apple has been sitting on the kitchen countertop for too long. Maybe the banana uh, needs to be thrown in the trash can. It's turned completely black. It's rotting, and guess what? Gnats and flies are somehow coming in. What are they looking for? They're, they're, they are trying to find where, that, to them, where, where that wonderful stinky smell is coming from. And so, in the natural, the flies are attracted to that decaying organic matter. In the spiritual realm, the flies, the perfume inhibitors, the perfume destroyers, the anointing removers, the ones that don't want the anointing. The flies come because there's some kind of spiritual decay. Okay? So what you need to do is you need to get the foxes out, the little foxes, and you need to get the flies out. Here's, here's the good thing about the flies. 
They only have a lifespan of 40 to 50 days. At the longest, flies can only hold out 40 or 50 days. So if you make a fresh push to spray the fly spray, you know, the stuff that kills the flies, if you spray that, which kills the larvae, which kills the eggs, they're toast. Because a fly can only last 40 or 50 days. If it lays the larvae and you're spraying the, the fly killer, it'll kill the larvae too. But if you don't, deal with the flies, the perfume, the beauty of the Spirit's work in your life, the fragrance of Christ in your life, it will never, it will never have the aroma that God intends for it to have manifesting through you. Why? Well, it, it only takes a few stinky flies to get in there and suddenly make it uh, make the whole chemistry of this fragrance go wrong, go bad. Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. Praise the Lord. Just a little folly. And that, that perfume can be corrupted by flies. It doesn't take a lot. It can only take a little. And the beauty of the Holy Spirit, the oil is shut off. Mm, praise the Lord doesn't take a lot. Sometimes these, these are just small things, small things. Christians, they're Christians that watch all kinds of movies. I'm talking movies where God's name is blasphemed. And they'll sit there and watch it. They'll sit there and watch it. And then they, then they wonder, why is it when I pray for people, nothing happens? Because of, of the flies. How can you sit there and listen to that? Well, that doesn't bother me, Pastor Stephen. That's because you've got so many flies in there that you, you can no longer discern this beautiful, this beautiful ointment, this beautiful ointment. And you, you look, you look at movies, you look at shows where language comes out that is so searing and so filthy that it grieves the Holy Spirit. And you can't even sense he's being grieved. Wow. Glory to God. I tell you what, if you want to know where the foxes are at and where the flies are at, the Holy Spirit, he'll let you know just like that in your prayer time. If you, if you're willing to listen, he'll let you know so fast. It just, it'll floor you just about <laughs> anytime you want to talk, he'll bring it up immediately. Wow. If, if you, if you, are dry and barren, but you want to, you want that pure oil to flow. He'll help you just, he'll help you so fast. It'll just, uh, he'll come in there and help you so fast. It's incredible, but you have to be willing to drive these things out. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I was, I was pastoring a church in California years back and Sunday morning, I was talking to one of my church members and just happened to say, uh, Hey, uh, what did you do last night? And she said, Oh, I went and saw this movie. I said, what'd you see? And she named the name of a movie that when she told me what it was, I, I almost began to weep by the Holy spirit. And she named a movie that is so filthy and it was a horror movie and so disgusting that I don't see how anybody who is a Christian could ever 
go see something like that. I mean, literally, it's, it would be the same thing as going out and saying, I'm going to go down to the city where they, I'm going to go to the city area where the city municipal system treats all the sewage as it comes in raw. And I'm going to go swim in it. I'm going to go swim in the sewage. It'd be the same thing. I, and she, she said that she had went and seen that last night. And I, I was so grieved on the inside because the Holy Spirit was grieved. I could sense the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Now she was a very young Christian she was a very young Christian, and she did begin to mature and grow. But oh my goodness, if you want the oil to flow, and you want to walk with, close with God, the foxes and the flies, the dead flies, the dead, nasty dead flies, you got to get it out of your life, get it out of your vineyard, get it out of your oil, get it out of your perfume. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. But yet believers will watch these programs, horror movies. So, and some of them bring it into their house. Now, now you have Netflix, you have all these avenues to just import it right into your house. And in their whole, own home, God's name is being blasphemed and cursed over and over and over again. And there's violence and decapitations and murder and all kinds of horrible things fear and terror being displayed and be in, being imported right into a person's own home who was a believer, who was a believer. Wow. Wow. And it just, it just destroys the perfume. It destroys, it destroys the, the vineyard that could be so beautiful, the perfume that could smell so good. Look, these are small things. It's not that, it's not that hard to fix. Turn it off. Shut it off. Get serious with the Lord. It is amazing how fast God will come in and begin to cause your vineyard to start working right, to cause your perfume to start smelling beautiful. I mean, you can turn this thing in one day. This is not like this takes 24 months. You can begin to see it turn in one day. It's incredible. I'm talking fruit production in one day. If you're serious and mean business with God, these are easy fixes. They really are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's look at one more example. Hebrews. Pastor Stephen, I have a pet fox. I've got some pet flies. I've, I've actually been keeping flies as a pet. Well, no, they're unclean. You need to get rid of these little foxes. I know they're cute and cuddly, but you need to get rid of them. They're causing your destiny to be severely retarded, held back, stunted, even abort it. Okay. And you need to get rid of the flies. You know, Pastor Stephen, I like fruit flies. They, they're, they're neat. Sometimes they even look like they're purple in their color when the light hits their wings. Yeah. And they're really dirty. They're really yucky. They carry disease. They spread disease and you're not supposed to be associating with flies. Mm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, therefore, well, uh, in the original Bible, there is no separation between verses and between chapters. There's no Hebrews 12. In other words, it just keeps rolling as one continual book. So when it says, therefore, it's a little bit of a summation or some total of a very strong message of what we have just read, uh, being on the focus of faith and those 
who finished their course by keeping the faith. So verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse one says, therefore, in other words, because of what we have just read about those who finished their course, they kept the faith. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, many of those witnesses having been mentioned in the previous chapter, it says, let us lay aside. That's you and me. Now I love the new Testament. I love the epistles. I love these teachings. Why they tell you how to live your life as a Christian. We don't have to get back in the uh, types and shadows. And uh, let's see that we can interpret this. How can we interpret Deuteronomy chapter 26 uh, in the light of being a new Testament Christian? Look, you don't have to do that over here. It's just boom. This is how you're supposed to live. Very clear, straight shot. Watch this verse one, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, any kind of a weight that would hinder you from running, but you need to lay it down. This thing that would gobble up your free time that would even gobble up your thinking. And you're, you're, you're actually maybe even at work and your, your, your heart is fixed on this, on this thing. It's, it's become a weight. It's not good. You need to lay it aside. If you really want to run, you want to run a marathon. You cannot be hauling around excess weight. It's just not, it's just not going to work. Praise God. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Now these are things that you know that are wrong and the sin, which so easily ensnares us. We have been born again. We are regenerated on the inside. You are brand new. You have, you have the nature of God on the inside of you. You know, you're no longer spiritually dead as a child of God. You are a believer. You have a spirit that is directly connected with God and the Holy spirit is even living in you. And so you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, the thing is, is that we have this treasure we have this new life. We have a, a recreated spirit housed in a body that is not yet born again. And as long as you're living on this planet, your body, your flesh, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with your flesh. When I'm talking about your, uh, your flesh, I'm not necessarily talking about your body from this perspective of your arms, your fingers, your eyes. That's not what I'm talking about what I'm talking about is your flesh nature. As long as you are in a body, a physical body, your flesh nature is still going to try to want to do things that would be wrong in the eyes of God. And that's why it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, which so easily ensnares us. Why, why is it, why is it so easy to be ensnared to these things because the world will constantly pull on your sensory system and will try to tap into your fallen nature and say, Hey, it's no big deal. It's just a little Fox. Come on. You can handle this. It's just a little scotch whiskey at night. And you need that to calm your nerves. It's just a little pornography. You need that. It's been a stressful day. You know, there's nothing wrong with gambling. Uh, you, You can do that and still go to heaven. And before you know it, you've got a Fox in your life. You've got a Fox in your vineyard 
and you realize, I, you know, I actually kind of like the fox. That's dangerous. Why? Because you will never finish the course, the race that God has called you to run. You will run it, but you'll never finish it unless you get rid of the foxes, you get them out of your vineyard, unless you get rid of these flies that are making something beautiful stink. Wow. You're going to, you're going to have to get those things out. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, um, I, I've got a bad marriage. My husband, he doesn't treat me right. Surely the Lord understands that I, I, I need something to connect with. And so he understands that it's okay for me to read these romance novels. No, that's wrong. You need to take those things and burn them. You need to get rid of them. And instead of reading romance novels for hours, pray for your husband. Hallelujah. Lay hands on his pillow and anoint it with oil while he's not there. Anoint your bed with oil, the marriage bed. Pray, turn to the Lord. God can make something beautiful where perhaps before it was dry and not flourishing. But turn to the Lord. Don't turn to a fox. Don't turn to the flies. No, no. But Pastor Stephen, it gives me comfort. I I, I know it's not right, but I, I only do it a little bit. I only do it when I have my, you know, secret breakdowns or whatever the case might be, or when things are really stressful. Pastor Stephen, I, when I smoke, it just, it, it calms me. Yeah, but it's killing you and it's wrong and it's defiling your body. But even more important than that, more important than that is you can't go where God wants to take you and still do that. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Christians sometimes love to keep their little pet foxes. I was talking to a Christian man the other day. This is a Christian man that knocks on doors of houses and will go out and knock on the doors of houses and will hand out tracts and will say, Jesus loves you. Uh, Can I give you a tract? I want to invite you to church. And, you know, I'd, I'd spent hours with the Lord in prayer the other day and ran across him and he's, he's talking to me and talking to me about how he loves the Lord. And I looked right in his eyes and the Holy spirit told me he smokes marijuana. I said, Oh Lord. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. Woo. But see, he's hiding a pet sin. He's hiding his Fox. He would never want me to know that. Of course but he has a pet fox for him. It's weed. It's what he would turn to in his times of stress and his times of, you know, uh, of seeking a comfort outside of God. What is holiness? Holiness really, when you think about what holiness is, it's inward wholeness there's nothing broken on the inside because of that there's wholeness and there's purity. Therefore you have an expression of what's known as holiness. Woo. Woo. Glory to God. But these foxes, these flies, these things that would allow you to harbor and would want you to harbor something and your flesh loves it. Your flesh, if it were up to your flesh, your flesh would never give it up. Ah, but you must, you must. See, I, I think this is what, uh, what sometimes could be presented that if you don't give it up, you're going to hell. Well, I'm not saying that 
certain things would keep you from going to heaven. Because there's, there's Christians, a lot of Christians struggle with, with certain things. They're weak in these areas. And look, Paul said, the sin which so easily ensnares. And it's so easy for Christians to get caught and ensnared in the things. It doesn't say they're not a Christian. But see, here, here's the thing. I'm not saying you're a mass murderer. I'm not saying that you're a school shooter. But I am saying these little things that you hide, there's, there's the big things. They're wrong. They'll, they'll, they'll send you straight to hell. There are things that will send you to hell. But there's other things you try to control it. You try to manage it, but it's still a pet and it's still wrong. It's still a sin. If you don't get rid of that pet sin, not necessarily will it take you to hell. I'm not trying to scare you in the living right, but what I will do is motivate you in the living right. It will keep you from achieving the high calling that God wants you to have. And that should be sobering. That should be a wake up reality that says I'm getting rid of the Fox today because I want to reach my destiny and I want to run this race and finish it. Hmm. If you're smoking weed, you're never going to finish your high calling in God. You'll never see it. If you're over here dabbling in these things, doing these things, you'll never see your high calling fulfilled. Praise God. Glory to God. Why? Because the oil can flow. Oil can't flow. Not, not, in, not in situations like that. Get rid of those things. The oil will flow. They're perfume. Christ in you will become beautiful. The Holy Spirit flow right into that perfume. Boom. Start working. These, these are things you can turn around every day. Everybody has different things. Everybody's got different things. One lady, she's a Christian author. She, she, her thing was Mexican food. Her thing was Mexican. She, she had a, a struggle with weight. And she just said that Mexican food for her was like uh, cocaine for somebody else. And just driving by a Mexican restaurant would be so difficult for her. She would break out in cold sweats. And sometimes it would be so, uh, so it would hit her so hard. She would just break down. She would, she would uh, pull over into the restaurant, go through the drive-thru and, uh, you know, order $40 worth of Mexican food and just eat all of it. And she said, chips, uh, chips and salsa. It just, for her, was like, it was like cocaine for somebody. But that, that's her fox. It brought such comfort in the stress of life. Go to the Mexican restaurant. Chips and salsa. Now, so, some of you may hear that story and you think, I can't connect with that. That's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. But you'd be surprised the foxes that people keep. And it, it might not be chips and salsa. Might be might be something else. Uh, for me, it's not chips and salsa. Uh, and what your thing is, perhaps whatever that is, if you have a fox, you know that's something that's just between you and the Lord. And the reason the Lord showed me that about that brother was to pray for him, not to humiliate him, but just to love on him and encourage him, which is what I did, and say, you know, the Lord. The Lord really wants to do a great work in your life. And you know, tr you, you try to say these things without sometimes directly coming out. You, you don't always need to do that. By the way, that's the maturity of a prophet. 
the, the prophet's ministry is a full-time calling. It's not something that you, uh, you know, um, now anybody can operate the gift of prophecy, but prophet's ministry is different because you could really hurt people and wound people by what God would show you if you did not know how to handle that. Because the Lord's shown me all kinds of things, and uh, it, it's not, not so I can just humiliate them. No, it's so I can pray for them and help them come out of that. Why? Because it's very easy to get entangled in sin, and Paul said it is right here. By the way, I, I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, praise God. So let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Praise God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That way you cross the finish line. And you, and you say, Lord, one day you say, Lord, I made it. I'm so glad I cleaned out my vineyard. I'm so glad I, I cut these things out. You know, uh, somebody right now, you're listening to me. And your dead flies and your sin... I'm going to call it sin. And your, your, your foxes is an addiction to sports. Pastor Stephen, it's no big deal. No, it, it is. It's wrong. You're watching, you're watching three, four, five, six hours of sports every single day. And it's, it's sin. It, yes, it is. Praise the Lord. And you need to call it that. And you will never, ever reach the destiny that God has for you while you're doing that. It's impossible. Can't happen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you can't watch some sports and enjoy yourself, but my goodness, in America, sports is, is idolatry in many ways. It is, it is, you got people that can quote more about a sports team than they can quote scripture from the Bible. It's absolute lunacy but I'm talking to somebody you you are watching six hours of sports every day when I'm saying watching I'm also including the time that you spend reading about it in the newspaper reading about it online watching it on television it's a compilation of six hours a day and you know exactly who you are I don't know who you are but God does and God says it's sin and if you want to be the man that, that he has called you to be, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to deal with this and get the foxes out of your vineyard. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody else you're watching me right now. It's pornography. Oh, Pastor Stephen, though, it's uh, life's hard and, and I, I, I'm lonely, Pastor Stephen, and, and I, I, I can't, I, I, I'm so frustrated with my life and I have, I have the pressures of life. You, you have to deal with it. Not from fear that a lightning bolt will hit you. God, God doesn't deal uh, from a perspective of punishment, although there can be punishment for wrongdoing. Because if if you if you persist, God will not punish you. But what's happening is you are giving the devil legal permission to come in and do some really yucky things. And if he gets in, he's not a nice guy. You need to close every door to the enemy. Praise God. But I'm talking even I believe from a higher perspective. You are, you are playing with the reality that you may never finish your race, and you don't have any time to lose. If this message has registered with your heart today, right now lift your hands. Father, I pray for every person that's got a fox in their vineyard, that has flies in their perfume, that has a pet sin. I pray for that person right now, Father God, that this be a day of decision, 
a day where they say, I'm doing something about this today. Somebody, you're watching me, and you, you actually have somebody living with you that you're not married to. You shacked up. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to get married, Pastor Stephen. It's wrong. You're not married. It's, it's not right. It's wrong. Well, Pastor Stephen, the fox, uh, the, this person uh, uh, gives me comfort. Surely the Lord understands. Yeah, he understands it's wrong. It's sin. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You need, you need to do something about it today. Today. Because many times the fox is a lie. You're never going to get married. And you're just going to, you're going to let the fox stay in your vineyard uh, just forever. And you eventually you'll run out of time. Your life will be over. You never finished your race. Father, I, I, I praise you. I pray for every person today. Every person today where the pure oil has been corrupted, but they want it to flow that today they chase every fox out of their vineyard. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some of you uh, that have a, a struggle in a certain area with watching things you should not watch, not only is it bringing things into your eye gate, but it's also bringing things to your ear gate that can be just as tormenting with memories, flashbacks. Um, you need to unsubscribe from some of these movie subscription uh, platforms. And if there are channels that you have access to that bring in filth, and that's a weakness for you, where the fox says, hey, jump over here, you need to cut the whole thing off. Praise the Lord. This is what Jesus meant by the hyperboles that he shared. A hyperbole, by the way, is a Greek word. It means hyperbole. The word hyper means Excessive. The word bole means to throw. It means to throw beyond. It's an exaggerated statement, a hyperbole that was used in Greek not to be literal, but to make a point. A hyperbole. If your left hand causes you to sin, cut it off. No, the, the, don't really go out and get an axe, cut your arm off. It's, it's saying deal very seriously with that situation. Get the fox out. If, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, uh, the, the, do I go out and stab out my eye? No, no, no. It's a hyperbole in the Greek. It means to throw beyond. It, it, it's an exaggerated statement on purpose. And by the way, everybody in his time and day knew that. They knew what those type of expressions meant. <laughs> Unfortunately, there have been some people who went out and uh, cut some things off and gouged some things out. Uh, that's not what the Lord was referring to, which is why it says study to show yourself approved a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a lot of things you could read, but if you, uh, it, you could get a wrong interpretation, you need to study God's word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But in other words, the Lord was saying, deal with these things. If your eyes are causing you problem, deal with these sources that would stream this stuff into your eye gate, cut it off. Hallelujah. Get the flies out, get the foxes out. Praise the Lord. Lay aside the sin which so easily ensnares us. So there's grace. God knows the challenges. God knows today that we live in a world in these end times where sin is just everywhere and it's filthy and it's brazen too. So it is very easy to get caught up in things. There's grace right now. 
There's grace right now. There's grace right now. Some of you, it's a struggle. You want to keep your fox. You want to keep your pet sin. It will, it will destroy your destiny. Get rid of it today. Don't, don't have mercy on it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Praise God. If you want the grace, lift your hands now. Father, I've just released your grace from heaven now into your lives of your people. Let them deal with it. Show them their destiny. Show them their high calling. Show them what can be theirs through obedience. Through obedience. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Woo! The foxes are running. The foxes' tails are on fire. They're running. Let's take communion together. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Your life is very important. Your assignment of what God called you to do is very, very important. You cannot let the Lord down. You cannot let others down. This is far-reaching, the consequences. You cannot fail, and you will not. You're chasing the foxes out today, and you're not just, you're not just being sweet to them. You're saying, get out. Get out. I know you look cute. I've harbored you, but I will do so no more. I'm driving you out. Woo! Hallelujah. Flushing you out. Hallelujah. Light your tail on fire. Get out. That's what Samson did. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. You're spraying fly spray everywhere. You're killing them everywhere. Be very vigilant for 40 or 50 days. A fly's gestation period. Uh, the multiplication period can only run 40 or 50 days. If you kill it all off in 40 or 50 days, you just get a big refreshing. You, you'll find your breakthrough. Your breakthrough. I'm looking at a 40 or 50 day breakthrough for you. Get it all out of your vineyard. Get it all out of your perfume. They'll be gone. Stand. Don't let it back. Don't let it back. Especially be very, very vigilant over your perfume, over your vineyard, over the next 40 or 50 days. And then you, you, you feel a fresh wave of the Spirit. Praise God. Father, we thank you today that as we take communion together, and I want you to join me, we thank you, Father God, that we consecrate the bread and the juice. This is now the flesh and blood of our great Redeemer, the mighty one of Israel, who has triumphed for us. And his triumph is ours. We stand in the finished work of the cross today. We thank you for the body of Jesus. We thank you for his, his victory, that even as he drove the money changers out of the temple, we thank you that we drive out we drive out all pet sin and refuse to give it any residence within our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Consecrate yourself. The Lord wants to refresh you on Passover. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready now. Start getting ready for Passover, Resurrection Sunday. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for the glory. Get ready. Hallelujah. Consecrate yourself. Get all the leaven out. Praise God. Glory to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. 
We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your help. We thank you that we will do now our part, that you're supplying grace. We're going to spray the fly spray. We're going to get the foxes out. We thank you for your grace, and we're going to do our part. Thank you, Father. Bless your people. Empower them and strengthen them. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. We thank you that we shall fulfill our race and our course in life. We drink now the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We are walking close with you daily. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody's watching me. You have DVDs and movies in your house that contain nudity. Nudity. Maybe even deeper levels of pornography. You need to get all that out of your house. Burn it. Don't throw it away. Don't try to sell it on eBay. Burn it. Get it all out. Praise God. Maybe it's your workplace. Maybe you've hidden it in your vehicle. Praise the Lord. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're, you are a man, and you have hidden pornography in your pickup truck. You don't keep it at home because you don't, watch your, you don't want your wife to discover it, and you don't keep it at work because you don't want your employee, your, your associates to discover it because you're a Christian. But yet you have it hidden. You have it hidden in your truck. Praise the Lord. Get it out. Burn it. Praise God. Or just dismiss of it quickly. Get rid of it. Somehow, someway, quickly. Shred it. Do something. Get rid of it. Where it can never be found again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. See, freedom's flowing already. And as you do, as you obey, freedom comes. What's going on? The oil's flowing. The perfume's getting clean. It's amazing how fast you'll see the Holy Spirit works when you do your part. Wow, it's incredible. God's, God's love and grace is amazing. Father, we thank you. Now, we thank you for your people doing their part. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.